But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into God's word. Um, about 20 years ago, there was a young man who pulled his bicycle up to the starting line of the Tour de France. And you have to say France because it's fancy. We, we, we? Okay. Um, so he is at the starting line of the Tour de France, and the Tour de France is the biggest cycling race in the world. This is big time for any cyclist. The race consists of a 2,000-mile bike ride. This is 2,000 miles that they cover in 23 days. This is the marathon of marathon for cyclists. This is basically Mount Everest for cyclists. So here he is at the line, he pulls up, and after these 2,000 miles, he wins the race. His name is Lance Armstrong. He goes on to not just win in 99, not win in 2000 and just 21, he goes on to win the next consecutive Matches, the next seven, seven meets, he wins. Seven times back to back, winning, riding over 2,000 miles. For years, they were wondering, where did he get the strength? And, and like two years after he retired, he is stripped of all of those titles. They found out he was using... Uh, performance-enhancing drugs. See, Lance Armstrong realized that he wasn't that strong, that his strength was not enough. Now, he chose to cheat, to make up for it. My question to you is, where do you turn for strength? Don't, 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 I don't want to hear anything about five-hour energy, Red Bull, Monster, and I definitely don't want to hear anything about the Christian drug, coffee. <laughs> See, there comes a point where we are going to need some strength. We all want to win at life. There are areas in our life that, like Lance Armstrong, we want victory. Maybe you, you're looking for victory and leading your family in godliness. Maybe you want victory over being who you are in here when you leave here. My question is, does your strength cut it? Maybe you are stressed out trying to figure out how ends are going to meet. Bills might be stacking up and you don't know where the money is coming from. Does your strength cut it? How do you get strength? Let's take a look at ancient Israel. Here is David, 15 years old, stepping up to the battle line. How did, we get, how did we get to that point? How did we get to the point where a 14-year-old is going to be the person to go into battle? Well, if we look at verse 16, 
we would see that Goliath had been coming to the battle line for 40 days. For 40 days, he's coming to the line and he is talking bad about the people of Israel. He's speaking bad about God and against God. What does Israel do? Israel is there running. They come to the line. Goliath steps up. He starts to speak and the men take off running. Israel did not step up. This is their strength on display. See, a few chapters back, Saul was running the show. King Saul had things on lock because there was no enemy in the east that could defeat them. None in the west, none in the north, none in the south. King Saul was victorious on all sides. But now they're not. See, what happened was things were going really good. Things were going good for Saul and they were winning, winning, winning. They were victorious. And just like a lot of us, when things are going good, when things are going smooth, we start to want to do it our way. Saul chooses to disobey God. And in doing so, God revokes his kingship and takes his spirit from him. So now Saul is left to do what he wants to do. He gets to do it his way. He gets to now exert his will over God's will. Or at least that's what he thought. Choosing to disobey God. He didn't know what lies ahead. My grandmother um, growing up, uh, on my dad's side, she's with the Lord now. But she would tell my siblings and I, when trouble I come, shall not blow. Now, if you didn't understand that, that's because my grandmother's Jamaican. And what she was saying is, no one is sounding an alarm when trouble is coming. It's not always the case that an alarm or a warning is going out. So she was saying, whatever you do, make good choices. Be wise about what you're doing because you don't know where calamity lies. See, with Saul, he, he would have benefited from having a grandmother like mine. One that would have told him, you know, watch out, make, make, be wise as you lead. But he makes this bad decision, loses his kingship, and in the most comfortable place is where it happened, when things were going good. Sometimes it's when we are most comfortable that we will, are most vulnerable. I believe if Samson was here, he could testify to it. If you don't know Samson, look it up. Great story. Might be the highlight of your weekend. But nonetheless, it is this situation that he finds himself in. No longer having God's spirit. And now he is completely self-sufficient, self-reliant. And what did he get? Fearful, stagnant, not advancing, panic mode. They're running. They are overwhelmed. 
Have you felt like that in your life? Do you feel like the walls are closing in? Do you feel stressed? Have you had to, to cuss somebody out in the past week? Do you feel like you're losing it? Maybe you had to lose it on someone. Maybe you're exhausted from pursuing a wayward child. Maybe it's school. Trying to make the grades, dealing with cliques, navigating attraction and dating. Could be on the job. But wherever it is, what you are going to find out is that our strength is not enough. That's what Saul finds out. He is self-reliant. His strength is not enough. And we are soon realize that our strength isn't either. See, there comes a point in every child's life and every parent's life where they hear their child say, Mommy, I can't, or Daddy, I can't. And like good parents, you're there to encourage them. So you want to help them get there. You know, it's like when the child loses a balloon in the house and they can't reach it. And daddy comes over there, picks them up, hoists them in the air, and they get it. And he says, yes, you can. When I was working out, when I used to play football, we would be at the bench lifting weights, and when we got to the point where we just couldn't do it anymore, the team begins to just cheer us on, you can do it, you can do it, and you're giving it all you got, but it's not moving. All of a sudden, a few of the guys that are around begins to lift the weight, and when it's all done, they count it as if you did it. That's what happens in our life. We get to a place where we realize our strength is not enough. But there is someone's strength, just like in the gym, just like with those football players around me, there is strength that exists outside of us that can help us along the way. Let me read to you verse, verse 26. This is David. He has, um, he's come down to the battlefield. He left the sheep where, um, where his father told him with someone that is capable, and he is now at the battle line. He's brought uh, food to his brothers, and he hears this Philistine. He hears Goliath talking smack about God, basically saying what he's going to do to God's people. Because God doesn't have the power. Because God doesn't have the will. So here is Goliath yelling about what he's going to do, and David hears him. So it's, as David hears him and he's talking to the people, it says here, David said to the men who stood by, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? He didn't make this a personal thing. 
This isn't about David. This is about God. There is something to be gleaned from that. When David stepped up and he's talking to these people, he is so um, bothered by what he heard. It, it just doesn't make sense to him. To David, it was unconscionable. He could not understand how someone is talking about the living God in that way. He was astounded. And, and you can almost sense the passion behind what he is about to do. I want to say he's going in the strength of the Father. The strength of the Father gives holy passion. The strength of the Father empowers. As this goes on, he, he begins to talk to Saul, and Saul tells him, wait a minute. You are not old enough to be out here. He's telling him, look, you need to pipe down, leave it to us. And they weren't doing anything. It's almost as if somebody had to hold David back. Saul was telling him, you're just too young. But, but here is what he said. Verse 34, this is our uh, anchor text for today. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep. Used to. Because this is the moment where, where the shepherd became the, the warrior. And he says, um, when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, go, and the Lord go with you. See, you can see the zeal that David has. It's so intense, you can feel it. This holy passion, this empowerment comes from the strength of the Father. I don't know if you ever felt like not getting up, not taking the next step. But I want to say in those moments, we can rely on the strength of the Father. This is what it looks like. This is what the Father's strength looks like. Empowering. Passion. See, and as we look even closer, we can see that David doesn't come up to the line because he just thinks he's the one that can do it. He comes up to the line based on the faithfulness of the father in the past. It's the father's past faithfulness that makes him ready to face the day, makes him ready to step up when no one else will. The father's strength reminds us of his past faithfulness. It also allows us to be submissive and obedient 
to his solution. See, David was ready because he remembers what the father did in the past. And because he knows the father is faithful, he is submissive and obedient to what God is doing. It's at this point that Saul decides, okay, I'm going to give you some armor. He gives David heavy armor, heavy um, under armor, if you will, uh, made of metal, and then gives him a heavy sword. And David says, look, I can't. This, this, is, not, this is not what I, I'm able to use. So he picks up his staff and he grabs a couple of stones and he heads down to the line. And as he's getting there, as he's getting there, words are being exchanged. Goliath is still mouthing off. He still thinks that he is the one in control. Sometimes that's what it looks like when we are in our own strength. When we are relying on self, that's what it looks like. Sometimes it's not always a point of weakness. We'll see later on in this text that Goliath and the, Philist and the, the rest of the Philistine army, they had artificial boldness. They were where they are because they were in Goliath's strength. They were in Goliath's strength. You could just hear them chanting, we will, we will stomp you. Get them, Goliath. But we will soon see. We will soon see. As they were exchanging words, this is uh, uh, verse 45 and so on records David's response. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you, and who? The name of the Lord. The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have, defi whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. If we skip down a little bit, he goes on to say, when he delivers you into my hands, this will be evidence so that all, all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And not only all the earth, but the armies on both sides. It says that the whole assembly may know that the Lord saves, not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. He wants all of them to know. This is what God is doing. God wants to put it on display so that all will see where strength truly lies. He is putting this on display. Now, how, how does it end? How does the historian, we all know it. 
They've exchanged words. David takes off. He sees Goliath approaching. As David is running toward Goliath, he is spending, he is spinning that slingshot. Goliath is standing there laughing, like, who, who is this? You coming at me with sticks and stones like, like I'm some sort of dog? And David tells him everything that you just heard. And as they are approaching, this would be the match, the match of a lifetime. But it was, it was over just as quick as it began. David, once he knew he was in range, he let the slingshot go. Bow! It hits Goliath in the head. Goliath falls flat on his face. It was the first humble posture Goliath was ever in. And definitely the first one that they've seen in 40 days. Goliath lay on the ground prostrate before the living God. David approaches, takes Goliath's sword, and separates his head from his body. Match over. Wasn't much of a match. But the army of the Philistines, they take off running. They're tearing through the valley and up the mountains. That's their strength on display. They had artificial boldness because they thought Goliath is our guy. We can go in his strength. It's Goliath's strength that's going to give us security, that's going to give us um, Courage, give us confidence. Just to find out that there was no strength there at all. Sometimes we can find our, ourselves in a place where we're going in our own strength. And it might come across as some boldness that if we really analyze it, is artificial boldness. See, our strength just isn't enough. But when we look at the text, we see God's strength is. The strength of the Father is. His strength is what brings victory. It's the Father's strength that brings victory. Don't you want the Father's strength? How did he do it? How did David have God's strength? David had God's strength because when God took his spirit from Saul, he gave his spirit to David. God's spirit was with the king. See, it's God's spirit that allows us to be submissive to what God's will is. See, um, Goliath and Saul were both guilty of the same thing. Both wanted to exert their will over God's will. And God had to respond to both.
Saul realized that he was no good without God's spirit. And the reality is neither are we. Neither are we. And I don't know what you are facing. I don't know what you are up against. But in this life, we will be stressed out. We will be overwhelmed with certain things. After all, society is telling us you can do it on your own. You can make it on your own. You've heard the phrase, you know, pull yourself up by, by your bootstraps. There are people that walk around, uh, a pride, they're, they're priding themselves on being self-made. And the fact of the matter is, we cannot make it on our own. We cannot make it on our own. It's just not true that we can be self-made. See, I believe that for David, he was able to look back on what God had done. And he was able to do it because I believe he may he have lost some sheep early on. Early on as a shepherd, I think in my sanctified imagination that he lost some sheep, that this was a time where David had to realize his strength wasn't enough. Maybe there were some lions and bears that did get away. Some lions and bears that took the sheep. And David got to a place, I believe, where he realized, I'm going to have to call out to the God of my fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe he said, I am weak. I am the smallest in my family. I'm not even considered to be king by my dad. I am weak. I am small. I believe that in doing so, God was able to show him his strength. And David saw the will of beast submit to the will of God. Not his own strength, but because he has cried out to the Father. He was able to see the will of bears submit to God, and he knew without a doubt if wild beasts have to submit to God, this Philistine won't be any different. See, David found himself in a place where he was able to be humble. He was able to have a posture of humility, the posture of weakness, realizing I just can't do it. Sometimes as we are dealing with children, we'll get to that point where it feels like I just can't do it. I, I don't know what you are dealing with, but I know it can be overwhelming when bills are piling up, or if you don't feel like getting up in the morning. 
it may be a sign that we are going in our own strength. See, God might be allowing you to be overwhelmed by some lions, overwhelmed by some bears, so that you can call out to the Father. What is he doing? He is inviting you to his strength. Don't let that point of pain, don't allow the, the, the stress of being overwhelmed. Don't allow that to turn you away from God. God is allowing it as a gift. It's a gift, an invitation to his strength. See, as David realized he didn't have the power, what he did see is that lion zero, God one. Bear zero, God two. Giant zero, God three. What, what was happening? He was building peace. God was giving him confidence, showing him security in the Father's strength. That is what God wants for us, that we go in his strength. See, Lance Armstrong, he knew he needed strength that was outside of himself. So did David. Need a strength that's not our own. It's the Father's strength that allows us to thrive and flourish in the face of fear in the face of threat and pressure and adversity. God has been so kind to give his spirit to his sons and daughters so that they can naturally rise every day and face the day in his strength, being shaped by what he has implanted in them. Oftentimes, we don't operate in it. Oftentimes, we're more shaped by the world around us than by the spirit in us. Sometimes, we are going to be in a place with God where God shapes us. That'll open us up to what he's doing. See, this, this battle that David faced it, it wasn't about just, you know, David becoming the king. It was more than that. This pointed to Jesus Christ. This was pointing to Jesus Christ the whole time. See, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness fasting. He was able to do it in the strength of the Father. He did it in the strength of the Father. He found himself in the garden, praying, asking the Father, if there be any way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. In the garden, Jesus submits to the Father, even unto death. And by doing so, Jesus goes to the cross. What does he do? Because of the cross of Christ, the lion of death is defeated. 
the bear of hell is defeated. He pulls back the mouth of sin, prying it open and pulling God's people out. That's the cross. He did it in God's strength. He had to do it for us because we are too weak. We don't have the strength in ourselves, and the cross of Christ does that. Pulls us out of the mouth of sin. But that's not it. One of these days, the giant of God's enemies, they will find the same fate as Goliath. There is a day coming when all of God's enemies and all of God's people, they will be meeting in the Middle East. And the same God that was at work here will be at work then through Jesus Christ. And Jesus will lay waste to every single enemy of God. They will lay just as Goliath did. Why does he do that? Because he is getting ultimate freedom for us. He's doing away with the old, starting the new. Something that we are not able to do on our own. It's the strength of the Father. I don't want you to, to, to get this confused this morning. The, the strength of the Father is not going to turn life into a flowery bed of ease. If David was here this morning, he would testify to you that going up against a lion and a bear is challenging. Suffering loss is challenging. It's stressful. It's overwhelming. It's painful. But he will say, doing it in the strength of the Father brings a peace that, that I can't explain a security that doesn't really make sense when the world is going crazy around you. Wherever life overwhelms you, that may be in marriage, that may be dealing with kids, that may be on your job, that might even be in school. Whatever you are facing, Know that God is inviting you to his strength. God is inviting you to his strength. He can bring you victory. See, I, I can't give you five steps because it's not about steps. It's about submission. It's not about practices you can put in place. It's about posture. Our weakness lets us know that we can bow down. We can come low to a God that is strong. Amen. See, our God chooses weakness. He does not equip like the world equips. David saw it because he didn't go to Goliath with a sword. He wasn't even a grown man. 
God uses weakness. He did it with David, and he did it with Jesus. No one expected God to be a human, a mere mortal. God chooses weakness. That's the place where he wants to meet you. That's where his strength is highlighted. I encourage you this morning that as you find yourself in these stressful moments in life, I encourage you to look to the Father. Know that he is inviting you to his strength. He can take your weakness and bring you victory, bring you confidence, bring you security, bring you peace. See, Lance Armstrong understood I need a strength that's outside of me if I'm going to get the victory that I want. That's where we all are. We need a strength outside of us, working on the inside to get us to a place of victory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word has gone forth. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit is applying it to the hearts of your people. God, you know what lies ahead. Lord, you know who may be contemplating if it's better to just give it all up. Lord, you know who is struggling with their faith. Father, you know who, who's overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the, the, the stress of trying to do all they can to make ends meet. Father, there are some that's at their wit's end. They may feel like the, the kids have gone crazy. Father, but you give us strength. Our strength is not enough. God, I pray. I pray that you empower us to go in your strength. In Jesus' name, amen.